Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works and how foods and their environment interacts with their body. I am your host, I am Shemaine Laney. I am a fitness and nutrition expert and certified iridologist. I am very happy to have you back with me on this very, very warm August afternoon. I hope you guys are keeping super cool and hydrated. If you are in Airdrie now, it is pretty warm and they say it's to get up to 33 this afternoon which if I'm completely honest I'm really not looking forward to it I'm going to be hiding out in the basement I'm glad I got my workout done early so I'm just going to hide out in the basement do my research stay hydrated and just pray for this extreme weather to pass not that I don't like warm weather but this is just too much for this Irish girl So moving on, this week's podcast episode, we are talking about what would I do if I had estrogen dominance? And I know a lot of my followers really trust me. I do get the results. I absolutely practice what I preach, like 110%. Any of my clients will vouch for that. So they trust that if I had something, if I had an underlying condition or something popped up with my health, that what I would do would be the best I could do, would be the most effective, would be science backed, would be very ethical and safe, of course, and that they would trust that if I would do it, then I'm only going to give them the best advice too. And this question has popped up from one specific client I've noticed her her negative symptoms with estrogen dominance over the last week or two I've noticed a, a rise in estrogen dominance symptoms in a lot of my followers I speak to my clients and my followers pretty much every day and they reach out to me for help and I watch what they're saying and they tell me their symptoms and I'm seeing this increase in the estrogen dominance area for women and and men too but mostly for women it's increasing and I'm putting it down to the pandemic the stress the lockdown people put on weight maybe they weren't as active as they should have been maybe they hadn't prioritized their health maybe their stress levels impeded their sleep like there's a whole lot of things but if I was to put it in one basket I would say this whole incidence of the pandemic has driven up more health conditions than it has reduced not including COVID-19 I am talking about other health issues other underlying conditions seem to have increased as a negative side effect of everything that's happened over the last I think it's 23 weeks now so this podcast episode is going to go through if I all of a sudden had an estrogen dominance issue and was experiencing all the negative symptoms what would I do to pretty much undo it because it can be undone you don't have to live with something like this forever like stuff like this if you can do it you can undo it but it'll definitely take some work some persistence some consistency keeping the faith of course and showing up for yourself 
Um, Before I go on, I must emphasize that the information in these podcast episodes is to be taken as informational purposes only and not as medical advice. Please do consult with your health practitioner or professional before you make any changes to your health lifestyle. Okay. So we're going to look at some of the symptoms of estrogen dominance. Like there is a whole load of symptoms that will come back to estrogen dominance. Some of the main driving factors that cause someone to have estrogen dominance. They're going to be, I would say number one is going to be obesity is going to be number one. Having those excess body fat cells. Body fat in itself acts as an endocrine hormone or endocrine organ, which produces its own hormones, which are estrogen. So the more body fat you have, the more estrogen your body's going to have circulating. Um, Then we're looking at thyroid issues. So slow thyroid stress is going to be a big one. Insulin resistance, especially associated with poor sleep is going to be a big one. And then there's some stuff that can add to estrogen dominance, some stuff that maybe you already have estrogen issues but these are kind of just adding to the load like birth control is going to be a big one so that's going to be a driving factor in itself but it's also going to add to that load um then there's a few other things and i know a lot of people don't like to hear this lavender although it's amazing lavender does have estrogenic properties which can add to your estrogen load soak in soy especially I mean, there are different instances, but soy does have estrogen, estrogenic tendencies. So soy is something I'm careful with with my clients. The same with flax. Beer is very estrogenic. Like beer is a huge one that really beer and flax are two things that I try to steer my clients away from unless they are post-menopause. So that stage, then I look at like, okay their estrogen levels will be lower now it's okay to give them a bit extra or i'll look at their body shape their body type the amount of fat cells but all of that is postmenopausal as well um then there are some other things like pesticides herbicides roundup um plastics is a big one so eating out of plastic containers drinking out of a plastic container is a big no for me and my clients eating out of plastic containers is a no but definitely heating up food in plastic containers in a microwave is a huge no that is totally going to add to your estrogen load so there's all these no's and then of course you have your skincare and stuff so there's a lot If you are one of my followers and you follow me on Facebook or even Instagram or you're in any of my Facebook biohacking groups, I have done mountains of posts on estrogen dominance. You search estrogen dominance in the search bar and you are going to get so much information that you can share with anyone else that may need the help. You can also look for the... Uh, any podcasts I've done on Z, sorry, any posts I've done on xenoestrogens. So those are those um, fake kind of plant-based estrogens and stuff that can add to your estrogen load. And I've also done podcasts in the past on love handles. 
and then estrogen dominance too and I've also done some on the menstrual cycle and how to optimize fat loss around the menstrual cycle so there's lots and lots of information for you to check out and you're more than welcome to share it or invite people or whatnot so when we look at some of the symptoms of estrogen dominance um, the ones straight off the bat that are pretty obvious are going to be extra body fat so obesity then we're looking at those heavy painful periods lots of cramping lots of spasms lots of blood clots if you see blood clots straight away we're thinking okay clotty sticky gluggy blood that is estrogen dominance when we have estrogen dominance our blood becomes a lot stickier and gluggier and it's harder for it to pass through the blood vessels and um, this is where we get a lot of this pain as that thick blood tries to squeeze through tiny blood vessels and this even then brings us to migraines it's the same concept with migraines either migraines around the period is a case of that the blood is too gluggy or sticky to get through the blood vessels into the cranium into the brain so as it's trying to push through the blood vessels it builds up a lot of blood pr or pressure outside the cranium and then once it bursts through into the brain you get this big burst of pressure and this is where you get the migraine as well and then there's the other side of the migraines around periods and PMS and that is uh, when we look at serotonin so serotonin in your brain regulates those blood vessels and estrogen regulates serotonin to some amount so if your estrogen levels drop say at the start of a period or just before your period begins your blood vessels then can dilate drastically and you get this big migraine the worse your estrogen dominance is the worse that migraine is going to be like and it can be pretty debilitating you can see auras you can vomit you can get the shivers you can experience some sort of paralysis noise can affect you smell just everything so um this is all connected then some other stuff that we'll see with estrogen dominance is going to be aches and pains stiffness around the joints a lot of swelling and fluid retention especially around the joints and of course that's going to um, contribute to the aches and pains estrogen dominance has a huge correlation and connection to inflammation that is a huge huge one inflammation insulin resistance thyroid issues estrogen dominance they're all together throw in some cortisol there from stress and you just have this big bomb of disaster on your health um, we also then see along with that clotty blood and the inflammation we see endometriosis that's a big thing and you can get endometriosis endometriosis anywhere in the body i was saying this to my client that you can get that buildup of an endometriosis growth on your knee on your elbow it's not restricted to the uterus it's not just there you can get it anywhere in the body and it's endometriosis which can be quite very painful now we're also seeing um, 
dehydration and then toxic overload will go hand in hand in that and then you'll get the adrenal exhaustion and you'll get mental exhaustion mental health issues when we see adrenal exhaustion or adrenal overexcitement and then toxic overload then we're looking at poor sleep habits we're looking at insomnia waking up during the middle of the night struggling to fall back asleep um, you also are going to experience a low sex drive sex drive is highly correlated to estrogen but in the correct ratios of our androgens as well so that's our testosterone we'll also see estrogen dominance has a huge connection to a weakened immune system something we don't want to happen right now in the midst of a pandemic and as we go into cold and flu season so this is very important stuff and then increased histamine responses so think of lots of allergies sneezing runny nose watery eyes estrogen dominance can drive up our histamine response from our mast cells so our mast cells are what they recognize oh there's some sort of bad guy here and they're going to release the histamine and then you're going to experience a lot of these kind of allergy symptoms and these are just a few of some of the stuff you'll also experience lots of brain fog irritability a struggle to forget the past so if you get into an argument we see that when someone has estrogen dominance they will keep bringing up the past and stuff that's happened in the past and they just can't let go of this stuff so there's a huge huge connection with all of these symptoms and estrogen dominance and the increase in it right now as we like I said I think we're going into week 23 of the pandemic so um, these symptoms are something you want to keep an eye out for we also then will see estrogen dominance carried in specific areas on the body um, so along with those aches and pains and the heavy periods you may experience very painful breasts so where we will see a lot of this estrogen dominance if i was to look at someone we're seeing bigger more swollen breasts we're seeing that back of the arm fat or the back wings we generally see the bigger thighs and the butt area around the hips are going to be larger and then in some people but not all in some people you might see excess body fat on the tummy that could be insulin resistance connected to stress that could be excess consumption of beer that could be that subcutaneous fat like there's a lot it could be but generally the breasts the hips the thighs the butt the back of the arms are the places that i'm looking when i'm making a diagnosis of estrogen dominance so for me if it was me i'm thinking okay well i need to get rid of that estrogen load out of my body so the first way to approach that is obviously i want to start breaking down fat cells and removing fat cells out of the body so that's going to lower that estrogen load the less fat cells you have the less of the estrogen you have now if i'm going to do that i know well now i'm going to be eliminating excess toxins so i'm going to be putting more of a load on my detoxification pathways and my lymphatic system and even my blood circulatory system so i want to 
then support detoxification. I want to make sure I'm binding to toxins to help get them out of the body. So uh, the easiest way to start supporting detoxification is to exercise and sweat. So as we sweat and as we pant and as we pee a lot from drinking lots of water like we should be on hot days and when we're exercising, that's a very effective way of starting to excrete or eliminate these toxins. And hormones are a toxin in a sense out of the body uh, making sure I'm pooping daily so a lot of estrogen gets eliminated through our poop through our bowel movements but if we're not pooping and we're experiencing a lot of constipation then we're going to get um, deglucuronidation and this is where the estrogen from the poop starts to get recirculated through the body so the longer you're constipated for the more estrogen or toxins are getting pulled back out of the poop and they're getting recirculated throughout the body so obviously we do not want that to happen so we're trying to support detoxification get everything out of the body rebounding is amazing rebounding is not only going to support your lymphatic system which is um one of our detoxification pathways that moves fluids that's not just blood but that's water and toxins and chemicals through the body and one of the ways we can support that is through rebounding so jumping on a trampoline on a mini trampoline um, dancing cycling inversion moves very important so we're moving not only the lymph we're moving our blood as well, which is very important because remember, w if we have estrogen dominance, we have that sticky blood. That means it's harder for it to move around the body. If you think of like just slime trying to move really slowly through your body, whereas when you move, when you dance, when you rebound, when you do stuff like that, you're helping that blood blood move faster around the body circulate faster and then you start to help the viscosity of the blood so the stickiness starts to become less and less and less over time and now we have this really easily moving more fluid blood that's circulating nicely around our body um, and then of course exercise helps with the peristalsis helps with bowel movements it also helps then with not only sweating but also hydration of the tissues so that's the easiest right there then i'm looking at binders both supplements and foods i want to bind to the toxins but i want to help them stay in the binders and then move them out of the body uh, one of my favorite binders is going to be activated coconut charcoal i use one with ginger coconut charcoal we know has got um smaller particles so it'll cover a wider area inside the body and absorb more toxins and then bind to them and help them get out of the body so it's got a wider surface area because of the molecular size of the particles they're really tiny then the ginger will support with that digestion which is going to help with the bowel movements but we know ginger is amazing for inflammation so we're really doing a lot of stuff we're binding we're pooping we're digesting we're bringing down inflammation like we're doing a lot um, another binder that I really like is rosemary tea rosemary is very good at binding as is cilantro I haven't tried cilantro tea but I'm totally sure it's possible and unlike some people I really love cilantro so I'm sure I could make some tea with the cilantro I have in my garden any teas you consume you want to make sure they're organic because we know that pesticides and herbicides etc 
adds to the estrogen dominance problem, so we don't want to add to that problem. Um, uh, for other binders, I do like MSM, uh, monosulfonomethane in powder form, but for some people it can be a bit hard to chug down. And then there's other binder formulas that you can get. There's, uh, I think it's called methyl free, which is a sublingual spray binder as well. And you spray that under your tongue and that's very effective for heavy metals like your mercuries, uh, copper overload, stuff like that. But they'll also work for the hormones too. When we look at food binders, again, we're looking at cilantro, we're looking at rosemary, I like dandelion, we're looking at radish sprouts, red radish sprouts are awesome, broccoli sprouts, very good for binding. So they glucuronidate, so a minute ago I mentioned deglucuronidase. When we glucuronidase through some of these foods, what we do is we basically tie like a block or a brick to the hormone so that it has the weight of the block that will help it be carried out of the body. It's too heavy and too big to be recirculated into the body. And these types of foods, your radishes, your broccoli sprouts, they're very good at stuff like this. And it's where then we see the poop is just sitting there in the bowels, but you're constipated for days. We see deglucuronidation. So our bacteria in our gut, they'll come and they take the brick off the hormone, allowing the hormone to basically be free and recirculate through the body. So we're looking again at um, those baby sprouts are amazing for this. Um, and then I do like... Pomegranate can be good, and I paused there because there are different instances where pomegranate can support a good period, like increase a period for someone that doesn't maybe have a regular period, but it can also be great for helping us detoxify as well. So pomegranate seeds, and yes, you do eat the seeds, the nutrition is actually in the seeds. So then some foods that will help remove the hormones even further and support the reduction of this toxic estrogen. This is that E2 estrogen um, that we can see becomes toxic and causes a problem in the body. We're looking at your cruciferous veg and a lot of this stuff you know because you've heard this stuff is good for all other areas of health but these specifically help a lot. So dandelion, leaf and root and you can get that in greens and add to your salad or you can also get it in tea form. Um, fermented foods, seaweed is going to be great. You can get kelp shakers or if you like seafood. Onions and garlics are great for supporting detoxification of hormones, but some people are gonna have to keep an eye on them for bloating or gas or gut distress. Turmeric, maca, um, thyme, Dongkwai, which is another herb, and you can get it in a tea. Um, all of these are going to be really, really great for binding to radishes in themselves, red radishes, the, you know, those lovely crispy ones that you add to your salads. They're going to be great for um, helping bind to and detoxify estrogen as well. So that is the approach. I would make sure I'm getting lots of animal meats as well. Lots of not only lean meats, 
Lean meats, if you can't get your hands on pasteurized or grass-fed animals because they contain the toxins in their fat, so you want to go lean so you're not getting the toxins. But otherwise, those amino acids, those protein structures, the protein fibers are going to be great for supporting the gut and detoxifying and cellular healing and upregulating that fat burning system we want to break down the fat so that we can then remove it um vitamin c is another awesome one so vitamin c not only supports in the detoxification of the hormones through uh, it's sort of a negative feedback loop but vitamin c is going to also help bump the progesterone so we start getting better ratios between our estrogen and our progesterone as well um chase berry is another one that i love love so if i was estrogen dominant and i was actively trying to reduce it and undo it i would be drinking chase berry every night i would drink a rosemary tea in the afternoon and then a chase berry tea in the evenings and sometimes i might rotate with a dandelion tea as well organic and not roasted never roasted tea and then of course my green teas in the morning i would then be having my brussels sprouts my broccoli my salad greens i'd be having lots and lots of vinegar to support good digestion so you've got the makings of a great salad there you throw in some spring onions some radishes and like this stuff is yummy but it's going to support you then some salad or sorry salmon some grass-fed beef some lean chicken um, are going to be great then when we look at our starches like the number one and two starches for me is you know me number one organic green apple you need an organic green apple granny smith being my favorite in your diet every day you do you need that to bring down inflammation you need the fibers to bind to the hormones to help excrete them you also need the polyphenols to um, support the growth of the good bacteria, the acromansia, the bifidobacteria that support fat burning and encourage leanness in the body while also healing the gut lining. So those epithelial cells and any holes that may be there. So that's my number one. And then number two is going to be sweet potato. Sweet potato, so many studies on how beneficial it is. But again, that resistant starch going to help bind to the toxins help them be excreted out of the body and then um, the fibers again are going to start feeding those acromansia and the bifidobacteria so this is what i would do i would make sure i'm getting out of breath i'm sweating i'm exercising i'm taking supplements and teas that are going to support binding and detoxification so msn Vitex being the supplement form of chase berry. Um, oil of oregano, you could do that for sure. And my activated charcoal. Then my teas are going to be at least dandelion root and leaf unroasted. And a chase berry tea. Then I'm going to be looking at all those foods to kind of think to yourself. You want to bind. You want to bulk. You want to excrete and you want to heal and bring down inflammation. You also want to support fat burning. So that's where your proteins start to come in there and your amino acids. That's for sure the approach I would take. 
then I would support my circulation and detoxification pathway. So that's your blood, your lymph and your fluid. So I would do rebounding, I would dance, I would cycle, I would do lots of inversion and I would do hot Epsom salt baths at least two times a week. So as hot as you can tolerate it, because that's going to activate heat shock proteins and open up the cells and the pores for toxins to move out of. And then the Epsom salts, so as the magnesium comes in, it'll help push out the toxins. And we do not want to sit in this bath for longer than 15 minutes. There is some research to suggest that a bath longer than 15 minutes can cause you to start to reabsorb the toxins into the body. I would avoid lavender oil. I like lavender plants. I like to smell them. I have them, but I would not do lavender oil, lavender bath salts, lavender creams, nothing like that until I was postmenopausal. Make sure you're having good sleeps every night. Lots of clean water because remember, if you're trying to detoxify hormones and toxins out of the body, you're going to need the water to carry it out so that you're peeing lots, you're sweating lots, so you need lots of clean water. Like right there, I could go into a lot more, but right there, I think that is a very solid plan. Focus on fat loss. The less body fat you have, the less estrogen you have. In my biohacking Facebook group, and you're all welcome to join, I have two videos on how to prepare for your period seven days in advance and one month in advance. They are both very very effective and they're very popular because they work like they work and then I also think I have a PNG or infograph that I can send you if you reach out to me and request it that gives you step by step this is how we prepare for our period in advance I guarantee you that this approach will minimize painful periods will start to support having better periods going forward and then go hand in hand with all the recommendations I have here to start making your estrogen dominance less, less painful and hopefully someday just completely gone. So I hope you found all of this information very helpful. And if there is anyone you know that this information will help, please, please share. Help me help you help others and we can help hopefully make this world a healthier place, especially during this time. So I want you to help me to help others. If you love or care about anyone, point them in the direction of this information. I really appreciate it and I would also appreciate it if you had the time to leave me a review if you feel I deserve it and this information is good or helpful or you enjoyed it. That helps bump me up the ranks but it also reminds me that what I'm doing helps, that I'm doing the right thing. So please reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or you can email me through my website that's shemainsmodelhealth.com if you have any questions, if you want that infograph I was speaking about, request to join the groups, you're more than welcome. Stay hydrated, stay cool, take care of your health, and I will speak to you guys later. Bye-bye.